Nevada basketball with Jordan Caroline, and you listen to Paxton. What's up, Wolfpack? Thanks for tuning in to Pack Center. I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with the man with the stats, Garrett Hirschberg. What a game this weekend, Garrett. It was so close. Uh, Nevada shocked everyone with that second-half performance, but sadly, they did come up short. Nevada lost uh, to Colorado State 44-42 to in Fort Collins, uh, something, somewhere they haven't been able to really win ever in Fort Collins. And they, they, they almost, when it came down to that one play, I think, I think if they were to make that fourth down conversion, uh, Ty Genji had that ball uh, pat out of his hand by the uh, defensive lineman. And if that hadn't have happened, we would have had great field position and we would have won that game. What a crazy upset that would have been. Yeah, so we missed we missed the beginning part of the game because we were at Arch Madness, and I was following it on my phone. I saw, okay, Colorado State got a quick touchdown, then they got another touchdown. I'm like, oh, great. Is, are we going to be in for a Colorado State blowout? Yeah, but it got it, out of hand really it, quick. It did. We were down 14 nothing, and it was great to see Nevada come back. They were, And it was great to see this team. We finally saw it with the air raid-style offense we were, that Matt Mummy promised us at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really started uh, the week before in Hawaii where they started – when they got the momentum going, they started to actually look like a well-oiled machine, like a well-oiled football team. And in that scheme that they've been practicing so much, up until that point, it never really looked like they, they got it. And now they've got it. And especially against Colorado State, it was – it looked like Matt Mummy's dream. It looked like everyone's dream that we had coming into this uh, this season. And it, and it worked out perfectly except for that – two-point loss yeah you're right uh matt mommy also promised they should expect everything like they have like when i when i say this i mean like look at what happened with nevada and their trickery mm-hmm. they ran a halfback pass which resulted in a touchdown and they ran a fake field goal that got them down to the one yard line yeah they've been really working on these like trick plays they did that against hawaii too they had that one trick play that got them uh in good field position mm-hmm. and now they've done it again they're really trying to work on those and i think that's that's something you see a lot in college, and but we haven't seen it from Nevada in the last couple of years really shine. And I think that they're really working on it this year. And it's fun. It's exciting because when you're watching the game, even as a fan, you don't know what's going on until it until it's happened. Yeah, and although this had so much success on offense, let's not take a let's not take a, f- a look at the fact that Nevada's play calling on that last drive was horrendous. They got down the field great, but then once they were on the brink of field position, they didn't do anything. They were trying to be – they played a, a little they, too safe. They, yeah. You played to tie rather than to win. Exactly. I think that it got to a point where it's like, okay, we really want to play this if we don't want to turn the ball over because you know that Ty Ganji's not always the most clutch player uh, coming into the fourth quarter. He, that's when he usually throws his interceptions. So they're trying to, to play it safe, give Ty Ganji the easy passes, and in the end that's what cost them because the risk plays – the big plays, the down the field, the, the deep passes, those are Nevada's bread and butter. That's where we get the most production out of them. Uh, the short passes, things like that, those aren't the big deal for us. We like the we like the big plays, and that's what, kind of what goes with the air raid offense. And I think slowing down that momentum, putting on the brakes, going into the fourth quarter like that, really was what was the nail in the coffin for Nevada. Yeah, we saw Nevada for the first th- first. Let's say the first half, the second half of the first quarter, and then through the second and third quarter, they were they sat their foot on the gas pedal. They looked really good. They had big plays going. Ganji looked phenomenal. 
and then all of a sudden, it seems like once they hit the fourth quarter, they ran into a wall. And they they didn't expect to be able to, to tie it up like that and to get so close. No, and you think they were winning, and then like once the fourth quarter hit, Colorado State retook the lead. Yeah, because the last thing they wanted to do was throw an interception. Because that's always what happens for Nevada. Ty Ganji throws an interception, and it's game over. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that could have happened, but it didn't. Because they were trying to play it safe, and then result of them playing safe, they weren't getting the yards that, th- that they needed, and they put themselves in a bad position. Look, man, I don't understand why they're trying to play it safe. This, car, this Nevada rushing attack was horrendous. Horrendous against Colorado State. They had thir- 31 rushes for 56 yards. That's an average of 1.8 yards a carry. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish with this, especially if you need to pick up like 10 yards in three plays. If you're averaging 1.8, you're not going to get it. Yeah, they weren't running it very well, but the passing was on point. I mean, we've mentioned Ty Ganji, how well he played. But let's just take a quick look at the stats here. Mr. 400. Mr. 400. Ty Genji went 23 of 40, 428 yards, four touchdowns, and a lot of long throws. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier. You know, those long passes are the bread and butter for our team. Those are mm-hmm. McLean, Mannix, Wyatt Demps. You toss it down the field to them, they'll catch it and they'll run it to the house. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the stats, McLean Mannix had seven receptions for 150 yards and a touchdown. His touchdown reception came from Kelton Moore on the halfback pass we alluded to earlier. Wyatt Dems had three receptions for 80 yards uh, and a touchdown. And our guy, Brandon O'Leary-Orange, had four receptions for 111 yards and one touchdown. A fun fact to mention about McLean is that he is the uh, – he leads the nation in receiving yards for a freshman. And that's incredible. McLean, McLean Mannix is out there looking like a senior. He looks like Wyatt Dems out there. Yep. He's making plays like him. Ever since that first game against Northwestern, we were introduced – to this, to this young phenom, he he has the possibility of dominating for this football team for three, four years. And we've already seen, like, what he can do. He's a speedster. You can put him out inside. You can put him out on the outside. You can throw him in the inside. You can run the jet sweeps. You can s- bubble screens. Yeah, he kind of does it all. Uh, he has everything in his repertoire. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades. T- he's a Swiss Army knife. He's fast. He's elusive. Uh he, and he can take a hit, I've seen. You know, he's, he's taken a couple big hits. Uh, the one thing I'm worried about McLean Maddox, I don't want to get too much into it right now, is that uh, in a year or two, he might get picked up by a bigger school because he's doing so well. See, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen because with Jay Norvell, Jay Norvell personally recruited him. And I think with the air raid style offense, it fits him. And, yeah, I hope, I hope he stays here, knock on wood. I know. I think a bigger program with uh, – I think like more pro- money could definitely help him, especially if he sees himself going to the NFL. If I was McLean Manning, hey, hey, this is college football. We can't mention money. Hey, he, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's thinking dollar signs with all these yards. Um, but yeah, offense, they did really well except for the run. Uh, you, as you said, Garrett, they were struggling quite a bit with their uh, with their run, but they're going against the number one defense in, in the Mountain West. Yeah. Um, the rushing attack was was awful. They, as I mentioned, alluded to earlier, 31 for 58. Kelton Moore led the way with 14 carries for only 29 yards. Now, Kelton Moore had a big impact on this game, not just rushing the ball. He had 29 rushing yards and a touchdown, 75 receiving yards, and 57 passing yards and a, and a passing touchdown. 
And see, he almost got the triple. Th- he almost got the hat trick of touchdowns. Yeah, and Moore is one of those players that, uh, with this air raid offense, you we don't really expect them to be running the ball that much and be getting a lot of yards on the ground. Uh, as you said, Moore did have uh, quite a, a few yards in the air, and that's kind of what you'd expect on these like short passes to the running back, tosses to them. That's what you really expect from an air raid offense is the screens and things like that that are going to pick up big yards. And that's what Moore did, and that's what I expected going into this year uh, with our run game, uh, if you could say. Yeah, you're right. You'd like, you would ultimately like to see Nevada run the ball because we've seen this. We saw this last week against Hawaii. They were able to dominate the ground. Kelton Moore had a big impact. And I think that once they get uh, Jackson Kincaid back, it'll be back to normal because you got the different types of running styles. You got uh, Kelton Moore who's, w- who's willing to truck someone and Kelton Moore who's willing to – or Jackson Kincaid who's willing to shift outside the tackles. So I think that once you see the injury heal back up for Kincaid, we'll be back to normal. I would like to also mention about our defense. It looked horrendous. They gave up a ton of yards, and it ultimately cost them the game. Yeah, 608 total yards of offense we gave up uh, to Colorado State. 384 passing, 224 rushing, uh, and that's crazy. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of yards. Um, And... Colorado State, they have been uh, averaging quite a few yards, but this game was out of, got out of hand with that. Uh, and, but luckily, it went out of hand both ways. You know, we, we did mm-hmm. keep up with quite a bit. Um, Maybe there was something in the air in Colorado. Yeah, defenses were just frozen in the, in the uh, cool Colorado air. Yeah, looking at specifics for Colorado State, Nick Stevens, who we mentioned last week, 26 of 37 for 384 and four touchdowns. Running back Dalen, Dalen, Dylan, Dylan Dawkins had 17 carries for 191 yards and a touchdown. And the big guy who we alluded to yesterday or last week, who was top five in the nation in receiving touchdown, receiving yards, Michael Gallup had 13 receptions for 263 yards and three touchdowns. At one point, it did not look like Nevada was covering this man. You need to. You probably needed to put all eleven guys on on him. Now look at the type of yards you're giving up to these receivers. 191 yards and 263 yards for a receiver. That's incredible. That's insane. That's insane. That's more yards than Ty Ganji gets in the game sometimes. Yeah, yeah. That blows my mind that he had that many yards. Uh, we just couldn't cover these guys. Oh. I, I don't know. There were a couple of touchdowns where he was just butt naked. You got. You had to put your best corner. You gotta put de- you you had to put their best defensive player either Baber or Rufus and shadow him wherever he goes. He goes to the convenience store to buy some candy. You cover him. You he goes he goes to the sideline. You cover him. He's split out wide. You cover him. And, uh, <laughs> and sometimes you double team him. I like that uh that analogy. Thanks. There. I got it from my dad in so- huh. in, in youth soccer and basketball. It sounds like uh, you, I was about to say. It sounds like you've been listening to barstool sports too much. No, no, it, it was something. It was something my dad used to say when uh, talking about another team's best players. Uh, anyway, Gary, you're right. You have to be able to to compensate for these uh, these Michael Jordan type players. That's what we used to call them when I used to play uh, high school football. We used to in the film we used to be like, okay, where's the Jordan on the team? 
See, I think that's a bit. You gotta, you gotta stick to the same sport. I don't know. It's been kind of. It was one of those things where it was, it was across the board. Like, look, man, where's the, where's Rice? Yeah, where's Rice? Where's Rice? Team? Where's Antonio? Exactly. Where's Odell? Odell. Odell. Odell wasn't really in the league when I was playing high school football, though. Yeah, what, one season. Yeah, I only played. I only played my freshman year. I got injured pretty bad, so. You're you're constantly on IR. Are you still on injured reserves? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to take a an injury reserve from Pack Center. Mm, please don't. <laughs> anyway, um. The so. In post-game press conferences, coaches and players said they weren't happy about how the defense performed. Well, can you blame them? No, I can't. Can you bl- blame them? Like, well, think about how we talked about it last week with John. The defense is is non-existent. It's oh, especially the zone defense. I thought Jeff. I thought Jeff Castile was brought here to show share up this defense. I think he's been struggling with his defense. I don't know if it's Jeff Castile's fault, if it's the players' fault. Ever since we talked to him, it's I- gotten in his head. I, I know. He was like... You need to go back and talk to him. I'd be like, all right, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Listen What's wrong? What's wrong, man? Do you, like, do you need some help, like, counseling, anything? Like, Garrett will come out here and, co- and help you coach the team. No, nah, I'm only offense, man. No defense. No defense? Uh, Yeah, I don't know anyone that does defense. You, you got defense, man. I, I don't have defense, man. I, I told you a couple weeks ago, I skipped defense on Madden. Mm, that's right, that's right. But... Looking forward, as we always do in Nevada, we have to face on Air Force, and it is our homecoming game. The game is its going to be a short week for Nevada, as their game is on Friday instead of Saturday. The game is at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time, 7.30 Mountain time. This Air Force game, is, it's, it's, a weir- it, it's weird because Air Force is a very, very run-heavy team. They average 300 rushing yards a game while only passing it 100 times. Arion Wortham has 10 rushing touchdowns on the season, which is very incredible. And they're coming off a very big win over UNLV where they were down 27-0 and they came back to win 34-30. This is going to be a big game. I don't know why they picked this one for our homecoming game. Why why pick it for a Friday? Yeah, it's a Friday game. It's a Friday homecoming game against Air Force, which is a team that... Kind of outranks us, you know, and it's not like... It's not like... Well, it's not like Air Force is that much better than Nevada. It's not like we're playing North... It's not like we're playing uh, Washington State, San Diego State, Boise. We're not playing any of, like... We're not playing the top tier of, uh, of Mountain West. And I think this has to give this... I think Pac fans have to be a little bit excited because Nevada was able to hang around, hang around with Colorado State. They're one of the top teams in the mountain in the mountain division so i think that nevada has the chance to keep this game close yeah i mean definitely after the last couple weeks we have a chance it's not going to be we're going to have some issues with our passing because the weather for this weekend what's the projected uh it said raining last time i checked that that uh that ain't good it's gonna help that helps a very it helps a run heavy team actually i think that the the uh the forecast has changed now it says it's just cloudy and yeah, fifty three is the high. Yeah, it's gonna. It might be a little chilly at night. It might be. For this it game. might. It might be windy. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. Reno, Reno. We, Reno weather changes every twenty minutes. So yeah, we might but, get snow. <laughs> but up until uh, I just checked, now it's been 
Rain, rain, rain. My parents were coming up this weekend. They were going to go to the game, but they didn't want to get rained out. Um, so we'll if, be if we'll the, be sitting in the press box, which is nice. It is nice, but weather could become a uh, a big factor here for Nevada. And you think about this: weather is going to play. What aspect of the game weather plays the biggest impact? Special teams. Special teams and passing. Passing, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that Nevada will have to rely on Kelton. And if uh, J- Kincaid is back, we don't know yet. No, not sure yet on that one. The I don't think the injury report has been released yet. And I think that with special teams, you got to realize that we might see Coach Norvell go for it on fourth and like two at the Air Force 30 because it's, it might be harder to kick it. If it is raining, the ball gets wet. I just think that the, the ground is slippery. It, it kind of ruins our scheme a little bit. All these deep passes and things like that are going to uh, be affected by the wind and the rain. But with football, you have to adjust. Exactly. But I, but I think that puts uh, Air Force in it, favor because they're, they're run heavy and running does really well in the rain. It, yeah, it does. But one thing we might see is we might see with the Air Force game, we might see the ball on the ground a lot. That, that happens to be a tendency. The ball fumbles. People carries fumble because it is slippery. And so, I don't know. It should be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a, a big one uh, if the weather does play an issue. You know, it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting one for sure. But I don't, I don't really have a, a big prediction for this one. We both Didn't we both predict Nevada would win? Um, I do believe and we that don't, is the case. We don't have to eat our tweets. Remember that. We don't have to eat the tweet. I know because, yes, they did lose, and we did mention uh, last week that we would uh, eat the tweet if we ha- if uh, Nevada can sweep the rest of the competition. They did lose. So, sorry, Nevada. You won't be seeing us eating any tweets anytime soon. I, I think Nevada's going to win. I think that it's homecoming. You're going to have a lot of students there. Hopefully the students stay for the entire game, unlike Hawaii. And I think Nevada comes out with a W. I think they'll win too. I think that they're they're looking really good. Uh, if it does end up raining, though, I might change my prediction around. Uh, I think that will play a huge factor for this game. Um, but homecoming at uh, you're playing a game at home, uh, coming off. Uh, I honestly, I would take Colorado State as a victory because of how how badly we were predicted to lose that game. Yeah, but it doesn't show up on the scoreboard. It doesn't come out on the scoreboard, but the, just the 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 momentum that it gives your team is um, is good, and I think that it'll help quite a bit. And and, and while we're talking about homecoming, I want to mention Arch Madness this week. Um, if you follow us on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or any of those things, you probably saw the video that we posted uh, on Sunday. Yeah, it was it was Sunday. Uh, on, Sunday on Sunday, uh, highlighting some uh, highlighting March Ma- uh, Arch Madness. Um, it was a cool event. I really liked it. Uh, it was short and sweet. They had the um, the women team come out and they did uh, some stuff with the kids, and mm-hmm. that was cool. And then the football team came out. They danced with the cheerleaders. Coach Musk showed off his moves. Oh, that was that was that was, that was great. So funny. That was the greatest thing ever. Coach Musk is the best. We're lucky enough to have him here at Nevada. I know. He's just like – he's like the heart and soul of, of Nevada athletics, I think. Uh, anytime I think about 
uh, Nevada sports, I think about Coach Must and how awesome he is and how fun he makes it and how he gets the uh, the school involved and all that stuff. Um, but I think what shocked me the most about Arch Madness was Charlie Tooley. Yeah, I think. Well, I don't really. I wouldn't really consider him a the sh- shocker. He's just one of those guys who flew under the radar. Um, we know he's hit big. Sh- he he can shoot threes. He um, in the game against New Mexico, the game comeback, he hit a big three to s- spark this uh, run. And so I I I just think it's a shocker of how much how many threes he actually made. He made seventeen threes in what was it a minute? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. He blew me away. He. he he had the most threes by like a long shot. I think the next closest was like thirteen, something like that. Uh, and yeah, he just he just killed the game with it. And yeah, he did. Uh, and we saw some like unusual faces. Like we saw Treshawn Thurman compete, and he's a center. Yeah. So I think that this is going to be uplifting for Nevada because you realize you have a stretch big who's taller than Cam, who can actually play the center and is not a forward, and he can shoot. I think that's a huge thing for Nevada to take pride in. Yeah, I'm excited for basketball season next year, uh, or in the spring. Or in the winter. The winter-ish. Wing. Spring semester. The the wing. The winter-spring. The wing. The wing semester. Yeah, I I think that it's going to be an incredible season. And um, and the recurring guest, Jordan Caroline, won the dunk contest. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Actually, the dunk contest was a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, you know, the, I think it was a bit cold for people. Yeah, it was getting chilly out there. Uh Jordan Caroline did do well. His his dunk was cool. He didn't miss. He didn't miss. He missed one. He was trying for that one with um with Leland King when they were trying mm-hmm. to do like the the buddy one and the first couple ones that they tried weren't working. Leland King was hitting it a little too hard off the back. You mean board. Lindsey Drew? Lindsey Drew. Who was I thinking? Leland King. Leland King. Leland King was on the team last year, fam. Yeah, sorry. Lindsey Drew. And, um, yeah, no, so we saw a lot of people who missed. You could see it in the video. Um, it wasn't very successful. This event was only an hour. I think that if it was held in Lawler, it could have been much a much bigger event because – it wasn't cold. You get a bunch. You can get more fans there. It was kind of packed, standing outside in like a, a square, a courtyard. I thought it was kind of a cool way to start off the parade, though. It, it it was a great way to start off the parade. It's just that it was freezing cold. I think that's because you were there in basketball shorts. You know, man, I was yeah, I was severely underdressed. But I was talking to a friend, Kevin, who works for Nevada Athletics, and he's like, they wanted me to live tweet it, but I couldn't feel my fingers. Yeah, that's kind of what it gets like this time of year in Nevada or in Reno anyway. Is it gets starts to get cold, and I think it's really going to start affect a lot of the sports teams, especially the outdoor sports like football. Um, it's not an easy place to play in. You know, you got the it's really windy here uh, in the winter time. You get the snow, you get the cold. Uh, it that those conditions really start to affect you uh, as players, as fans, everything. You know, we're not we're not the Green Bay Packers. We're not going to be able to. We're, people aren't going to come out to Lambeau to our to Mackey Stadium, uh, in parkas and sit through an entire game. People leave because it gets too cold and there's not as much as and there's not people enough. People leave when it's not even cold. Like you, we saw how many fans left after the, after the Toledo game. We saw how many fans left after the whole students left after the Hawaii game. 
I remember my freshman year was 2014, November 1st. It was the day after Halloween. It was so cold. It was the game against San Diego State. It was James Butler's breakout game. And it was and no one was there because it was so cold. I trekked it out. I was in my layers. was bundled up. And I supported the pack win. It was a win over San Diego State. Yeah, there's not a lot of diehard fans like you out there, Garrett, for Nevada. They should they should give me a medal. <laughs> I, want a, I want a medal. They gave you a press pass so you could stop complaining about the cold. That's true. That's true. While we're talking about basketball, let's take a quick basketball preview. The season does start soon. Uh, first game is on November 10th versus Idaho, and we got media day next week. So let's just see what we've got going on so far. Uh, Garrett. This week, Jordan Caroline was projected at, uh, for first team All-Mountain West, and Caleb Martin was projected for Newcomer of the Year. Uh, this is really cool. Like, I mean, Nevada is already um, getting some, some mentions now. The uh, Mountain West polls came out uh, roughly the other day, and, and that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's the, rise of, it's the rise of Musselman. We've seen that over the years he's taken this team to great – things we saw last year they won the mountain west regular season then they won the tournament and now this year they're projected to win to win the mountain west again so i think that this is gonna be a great season for the pack i think that this pack team could be better than last year's team i think that this team is a bit is a deeper team and i think that they'll have to fill in for the roles of cam Oliver, marcus marshall and uh dj fenner played last year um nevada played some tough teams this year like unlike last year, where they uh, this year they play Rhode Island, uh, Davidson, home of Steph Curry, TCU, Texas Tech, and Illinois State. Um, Illinois State made the tournament last year, so they're a very tough team. Uh, Nevada has twenty six televised games this year, which is which is something that's great. Uh, you got eight games on CBS Sports Network, four on ESPNU, four on AT and T Sports Network, three on ESPN three, two on Fox Sports one. Two on Mountain West Network and two on ESPN2. Well, they're all over the place this year. But, get, get you didn't mention something uh, there as that the, people are going to have to step in for the spots of DJ Fenner, uh, Cam Oliver, and Marcus Marshall. That being said, this team isn't anything like it was last year. Yeah, I think the team has a different feeling to it. Like, Treshawn Thurman. He's a, he's a he's an actual center. Plus, you got Elijah Foster back, so th- we got actually some size. Like, and Nevada last year ran a small ball type lineup, where they ran Lindsey and Lindsey and Marcus like all the time starting, and those neither of those guys were above six three, so it's a bit it's a bit smaller of lineup. So this year you can get some uh, you can get some height in there with uh, the Martin twins who were both very tall, uh, Jordan Caroline, Hallis Cook. So I think that this team, it's, and I think that they're going to keep the same up-tempo style like they had last year. Just with, like I think they'll just be better defensively. Do you think that they might be switching up any play styles because of the new players that we've got in the the height differences? They played a little bit. Of, they played small ball last year because they had a lot of uh, undersized basketball players, and now this year they got some some decent sized guys. Everyone's. A lot of those guys are over six foot seven. Yeah, I don't think they'll change up playing styles because I think that with Moss's coaching coaching system, he'll make whatever works. He'll make this system work for whoever they got. Um, 
they'll make that the the fact that they have big men. Uh, he'll they'll make the big men run up and down the court, and they'll get easy transition basketball. And so I think that this team this team could go very far and could reach top twenty five status in the nation. Top twenty five, really? I think so. We were close last year. We got a during our Mountain West run of dominating. We got some votes, uh, but I think this year we actually crack crack the top twenty five. Even see, I think we're gonna have some issues. Like when we had, remember we talked with Jordan Caroline last year. When he came on. We asked what happened in those first couple games because he came off of being um, a transfer student and not playing for a full year, and that does a lot to someone who you're not you're not necessarily game day ready. I think I think that those the fact that Nevada has three exhibition games is gonna help a lot. Granted, you're not playing the toughest of opponents, but I think that those games will help get the Martin Twins Cook. Um, and all the other, all the other uh, transfer players back, and back into basketball shape. So I think it'll be. I think that this team will come out red hot on out of the gates, and we'll see a good team. You make a good point there, Garrett. That uh, we, because of these exhibition games, that we're gonna have that time to to work out the kinks uh, going before Mountain West play and before um, season play in general. Uh, looking at the looking at the uh, the schedule, Garrett, is there any games that you're most excited for? Uh, yeah, I'm excited for the Davidson game. That should be a fun game. Um, just because of the big name of where because where Steph Curry went. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always they're always a good team. T- uh, Tech, TCU, Texas Tech, they're both Big Twelve teams. They're both Power Five schools. And yeah, Illinois State should be an interesting game because. That's where Jordan Caroline went to school. Yeah, a lot of. Um, or was it Southern Illinois? It's one of the two, Southern Illinois or Illinois State. We play in both. One of those schools, Jordan Caroline played, and we talked about that on the show uh, last time he was on. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting for him. It's always interesting for these transfer players to have their their homecoming debut when they come back and they play their old teammates. It's, it's not often that it happens. Like I know last year, well. He didn't really play for him, but DJ Fenner got to play up in Seattle where he's from against Washington. So that was a cool moment. Um, I guess it's a cool moment for those few kids that are from Vegas when they go travel to UNLV. But not often we see, like, the Martin Twins. They're from North Carolina. They went to NC State. So I don't think that Nevada might schedule a game for them, but I don't think it's likely. Yeah, they're kind of a little too far out of the way to uh, head all the way over to the East Coast like that. Yeah. And that's something we haven't really seen from Nevada. Like they haven't traveled very far. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the farthest they went last year. Well, Rhode Island on here is Wait, pretty well, far. Well, we have we have Rhode Island at home. That's true. So Rhode Island's traveling. So I'd all say, over I'd here, say guys. the farthest we have to go this year is Texas. Yeah. yeah. The Nevada doesn't really travel, and the Mountain West is one of those weird conferences that it's extremely hard to travel in, because it's all in the mountains and it's really. Um, really spread out and you because of the way that the geographics are you, you look at the mountain west yeah it's so spread out as you mentioned um you got wyoming uh it's just and then you got like san diego you got um new mexico colorado bunch two schools in nevada two schools in colorado uh so yeah it is it is very spread out thank are- god thank god hawaii is not in our uh in our uh mountain west for basketball yeah, having to travel all the way to Hawaii all the time. Like, I mean, I'm not gonna just just think because 
if Hawaii hosts, uh, if they, if you look at the schedule, it's like they play a Thursday and Saturday game. So that would suck for teams that have to go Thursday, go out, like go out on like a Tuesday for a Thursday game. Just how, just imagine how much class you're missing. Yeah, as a student athlete, that would, well, would suck. But a trip to Hawaii, sitting in class for three days, I don't know. <laughs> See, I like, I agree with you. Like, it'd be fun, but like, it's just, it's also so much like time consuming. Like, because you also got to get your body adjusted to the time difference. Because playing in Hawaii, if it's a seven o'clock game, it that means it's ten o'clock on the West Coast. Well, no, there's a two-hour time difference. Is it two? I thought it was three. I think it's two hours time difference. Is it? So even then, it's still if you start at seven o'clock, that's a nine o'clock game start. So mm-hmm. you got to get your body adjusted to that. And I, I just think Hawaii is a very tough play, to, tough place to play because of that. Like you never, like you got to get your body adjust, you got to get your your mental or your system clock adjusted. Mm-hmm. Well, talking about some of these big name schools, Garrett. Do you think that we have a chance against uh, the likes of Texas Tech, TCU, and Davidson? I, I do. These these schools aren't like the uh, cream of the crop. Um, like they're not like they're not ranked. So I think that we definitely have a ch- uh, shot at beating them. Um, but it's college basketball. Anything can happen. We we travel to to Lubbock on the fifth, and so that should be a that should be a tough game. And we play TCU in a Staples Center in L.A., so I think it should be a tough game. I think it should be it should be an entertaining season, to say the least. And we did mention earlier the exhibition games. Uh, there's one this weekend versus Grand Canyon. It just got announced uh, just the other day, and it's to raise as a charity event to raise money for the victims of the California wildfires. Net proceeds for that will be donated to North Bay Fire Relief. I think this is really cool. The NCAA just said that that teams could add a third exhibition game as long as it's for charity. Yeah, I think that this is a great move. Um, I would think that Nevada would play a team in the Bay Area. Not, not like I don't. I Grand Canyon, sure. I just don't understand the reason I'm choosing Grand Canyon. I think it's just the the outside states trying to 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 help yeah, out California I, a little I, bit. Yeah, I think this is a great cause. Uh, tickets are five dollars for everyone. Yeah, no student tickets for this one. Yeah, I can fortunately can't make it. Jordan, you can't make it either. No, but I would love to have been there though. I would love to get there and make some and make a video for it for uh, our social media: Twitter at Paxton Envy, Instagram at Paxton Nevada, and Facebook at Paxton Nevada. But the game's at four. Doors are open. Doors open at one, which is weird because no doors aren't open at one. Doors doors open an hour prior. Oh, I read that as one on our sheet. So yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes more sense. I was about to bash Nevada basketball for that. Yeah, you can imagine just sitting there for three hours waiting for the game to start. No, they're opening an hour before. Um, I don't think they expect it to be a huge turnout. I expect a decent amount of fans. It's not going to sell out, but it. I think. I think there'll be a good amount of people, and I'm sure that they're going to fundraise outside of just the tickets. Yeah, I think it'd be really cool though to be able to see. I mean, you're going to see Nevada go off for sure, but. The fact that it's for uh, something that's so close to us, the North Bay isn't is what you can get like you can get there in like two three hours. You know this better than I do. Yeah, it, it's affected a lot of people, especially a lot of the students that go here. I know plenty of people that have been affected. My family 
and uh, we're we're from the South Bay, but we we're working with a lot of different organizations to to help people in the North Bay. So I'm really glad to see that my university is doing that, and and something that I'm passionate about, uh, which is the sports, is they're helping out as well. Um, it's it's a really big community thing, you know. There's a couple days this month that uh, you could smell the smoke coming over the mountains here, which just shows how big of an issue this has been. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, like there was like there were a couple of days we walked out of the journalism school and it's it it was hella smoky. It's kind of hard to breathe. Yeah, it's just just been, imagine if you're like an athlete in like Berkeley or Stanford trying to play in this. Yeah, I know there's a lot of uh, people having to be moved out of their homes and things like that. There definitely needs to be some help sent th- their way. Uh, so if you can't make the North Bay, the uh, the game, the game, uh, do your best to to pay it forward. Uh, look up North Bay Fire Relief. Find out what you can do to help. I know there's there's uh, organizations out there where you can sponsor families and things like that. There's a lot of people that that need help that have lost everything. Um, but I don't, I don't want to talk too much about this right now. I want to keep it uh, keep it positive. Uh, so I'm going to say let's move on to volleyball. But we can't keep it too positive with them either. Uh, three straight losses this week. Not a single match was won in their games. Uh, no, they got the the broom. The brooms came out as they got swept. They got swept. They lost three th- three straight games. When did they wait? When was their third game? Last night. They played last night? Or the night before. Something like that. I saw it yesterday. You sure? Yeah. I just put that on there yesterday. Okay. Let me speak. Yeah, so three straight losses this week. Wyoming, they lost 3-0. Colorado State, they lost 3-0. And San Jose State, they lost 3-0. This was a road stint for them. They didn't have a single match at home. Um, and this is this is disappointing for them. I think that... They haven't been doing very well. This put their record is now five and sixteen and three and six in Mountain West play. Um, they're not sitting at they're not sitting at the top of the Mountain West, uh, and they need some help. Yeah, I think they need your help, Jordan. You want to go play for them? Um, I don't think I fit their uh, their demographic. Mm, okay. Can you play volleyball generally? No, that's what I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Glad to know you can't play volleyball. Neither can I. I like volleyball. Volleyball is a fun sport, but you just can't I, play it. I just, I just wouldn't say that I'm uh, Division One eligible. Mm. You only got one year remaining. <laughs> you only got one year of eligibility left. True, true, true. Anyway, as I said, the record is five and sixteen, three and six in Mountain West play. They have an upcoming home game this weekend on Saturday. The Pack hosts Air Force. Um. Man, I, I just wish I could say something good for volleyball right now, but they're sitting a lot like soccer, and they're not doing very well. Yeah, he, and this is such a shock because, like, last year, they were doing so well. Like, last year they dominated, and then come to come back this year and see that they haven't been performing is kind of sad. Yeah, it's really sad. And, I, and I mean, I we used to talk to Madison Morell on the show, and – they were doing really well, and she was leading the team, and then she left. Uh, and now you expected some of these other people to, to step up, and, and they haven't. And I don't know what it is. You know, we haven't sat down with any anyone from volleyball like we did with soccer 
and find out what actually is going wrong. And maybe that's something that's going to be happening in the next week or so. Yeah, we might see a coaching change um, or and whatnot to see to see what department what, what way this athletics department goes. It should be an interesting offseason, to say the least. Yeah, and I want to move on to soccer now, as we mentioned before. Uh, an even more depressing issue. Yeah, they're, they are also struggling quite a bit. They have another uh, two losses for them. San Jose State, they lost 2-0. And Fresno State, they lost 3-1. At least they got a point on the board. I mean, that's kind of like... <laughs> they scored a goal. That's always what we're, we're talking about with soccer is, hey, they scored a goal. Um, but no, they, they're struggling again. Um Lauren Horst Daniel was doing so well before with all her saves, and now you don't really hear anything from that because she gave up five goals. Uh, I don't think she. I don't think she played in the San Jose in the Fresno game. Really? Yeah, I think they went with a different girl. I remember reading an article saying that this girl set a career high in saves. And interesting, interesting. Yeah, it wasn't Lauren. So maybe there's a lot of a lot of uh, shifts going on for for soccer. They're just trying to uh, to pull something out uh, in the final. A uh, couple games, but they have um, this week. This weekend, they have a home game and away game. They host Utah State on Friday, and then on Sunday they travel down to Vegas, as we talked about with Lauren a couple weeks ago. Yeah, so hopefully Lauren gets to play uh, in UNLV because uh, she was really excited about that when she was on the show. Yeah, she was she was super excited to play in front of her fan, friends and family. Uh, I, br- I, re- I remember correctly, she said she had some friends that play for UNLV. I'm sure she does. And she had friends that played for Wyoming when they when they had that game. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things where you, you, you hope that, they're, uh, that they turn their season around, but I don't, I don't really see that happening. I just want to see them, them do something at least, you know, and I want to, like, when, when Lauren had that, the career high, or the, uh, the, um, the record tying game. That's something, you know. We could have them on the show. We could talk to them about that. I want to see volleyball do something like that. I want to see soccer do more of that. Uh, and I want to see I want to see football do that. To be honest. Yeah, you'd like to see football turn this turn it around. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily just turn it around, but like because they are turning it around. But I want to see them them do some do some good stuff. Like we talked with Kelton Moore when during that game that. Uh, he might pull a hat trick. You know, he might get a touchdown in, on the ground, in the air, and as a quarterback. And that's incredible. As a receiver, you mean? As a receiver oh, in the air, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that if you're not doing well, make headlines. You got to make you got to make a highlight. You got to make newsworthy headlines some way as possible so that we have something to talk about on the show. Yeah, please give us content. That's really what it all comes down to is – we need Nevada Sports to give us something to talk about on our show. We had a full hour to, t- to talk now, and it's really hard if if no one's doing anything. Yeah, so if you're if you're uh, an athlete playing right now, please make history so we can talk about it. Actually, I, I do want to talk about a couple other little bit minor sports. Um, we've got cross country; they're doing really well. Uh, they ha- they won uh, pre nationals, and they're on their okay, way. Okay, I don't. What is Pre-national. I'm so confused at pre-nationals. Uh, I'm assuming it's the competition to see who gets to go to nationals. Probably some regional uh, competition of some sort. Um, they're being led by the by the sophomore Hailey Dobbs. We had her on last year, uh, and she's just incredible. She's 
destroying her own PRs, uh, and she's doing really well. She's leading the team. The team is uh, falling right behind her. Uh, so cross country, they're doing well again this year. Um, Rifle, as we said last week, they're doing really well. They beat UTEP again. Um, blew them out, apparently. Again, I'm not really sure how this whole uh, rifle thing works, and we're trying to find someone to talk to about this. Uh, on Saturday's small board, the pack posted the top five scores to outscore the the miners 2,295 to 2,260. You lost me there, buddy. Yeah, whatever, you lost me at small bore. Whatever that means, I have no idea. Um, if you know what it is, please let us know. Yeah, and then Air Rifle was the next day, uh, and they won that event as well. 2,361 to 2,306. Uh, it seems close, but I don't really know how this point system works, so I can't really tell you. Yeah, I'm there with you, buddy. Uh, sophomore Rachel ben- Benish. Uh, set a personal record of 594 in air rifle to win the event after winning last week with a 591. So, so, so that's good. I guess. I I, I guess she got three more points. Uh, Ooh, three points. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I'm uh, there. I'm, I'm there. I'm there with you, buddy. I don't know. Like, I'm. I don't know either, man. We're struggling. Yeah, we're really struggling with this one. Someone from rifle, if you're listening. Please come on the show to, to explain to us. Yeah, I tried reaching out to some some formal uh, rifle team members that I found on the roster. I just messaged them on Facebook. Uh, so one of the people were, people were interested, but she made it known to me that she never actually shot a shot for Nevada. Well, that's sad. And I was like, um, okay, but bye bye. Yeah, so I don't think that she's really going to be the best fit for us to for to come on the show and talk about it, but um. We're, we're, we're shopping around for people to come in and, and talk about it for sure. Uh, I do want to mention one more thing. Uh, there is a boxing match uh, tonight uh, at Circus Circus. It starts at 7 p.m. Uh, they play. They fight Air Force. Uh, they fight Air Force. I, th- I think boxing is really cool. We're, we're sending a, our, our man on the street guy, Jake. Yeah. One of our buddies, Jake, is going down there to. Record to, to record some some video. So for be us. on the lookout for a, a video, probably this weekend sometime. Yeah. So yeah, look out for a, a boxing video for this event, and hopefully uh, Jake will come on the show with us next week and give us the lowdown of what happened there. And I'm gonna try to reach out to the the coach and see if we can get one of the athletes on as well. I think boxing has a really has really cool storylines, Garrett. Um, it's not something that we really talk about on our show very often. Because it's not an NCAA sport, but the culture of Reno, it's always had this big boxing history to it. Our next sh- our next show is going to be a busy one. Yeah, our and next week is, is we really We might big. go over an hour. We got Media Day, we got Jake, and then we got a special guest coming on the show next week. Yeah, we got a special guest. I don't know. If we're, are we ready to tell them who the special guest no, is? Let's, no, let's let them wait. Let's uh, let them yeah, wait. Yeah, you got to wait for this one. Uh, stay stay posted with uh, any social media posts. We'll, we will let you know ahead of time, but... Uh, just know that you, you're going to be it, happy with yeah, it. Yeah, it's going to be a great it's interview. It's going to be a good one. And just think, this is going to be Nevada's bye week, so we got a bunch to talk about. We mm-hmm. have no no game to preview. Yeah, it gives us some extra time. So. And, hopeful, and hopefully volleyball and soccer and football turn it around, and homecoming weekend, they end it with a dub. 
let's let's send Air Force back home packing. We play them in three different sports. Let's go three and zero. I'm with you, Garrett. Let's go three and zero on Air Force this weekend. That's my big prediction for us, or our my big hope anyway. Um, I'm spending the best of luck. Uh, to all our, our athletics this week, I think that it's going to be a great week for sports for next uh, for Nevada's bye week. We're going to have a cool bye week show coming to you next week. I'm super excited. And with that being said, that's the end of our show. Thank you so much for tuning in to Pack Center. Again, I'm your host, Jordan Burns, here with Garrett Hirschberg. Don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter, at PackCenterNV, Instagram, at PackCenterNevada, and a like on Facebook. Pa- just search Pack Center Nevada. For all your Nevada athletic news and updates, from the Reynolds School of Journalism, Wolfpack Radio, and KWNK 97.7, go Wolfpack! <laughs>